Welcome to Theater Theater, the theater podcast for theater people, made by three theater nerds from the LA theater scene. I'm Jay Bailey Bertram, and normally we would discuss and debate the evolution of a specific playwright, but today we have another very special Theater Theater Artist Spotlight, a bonus series highlighting the artists that you should be keeping an eye out for. Now, we're talking today over video chat with our guest, live and remote from Dayton, Ohio, an actress, singer dancer from Broadway and beyond, a true triple threat, and an activist and advocate for many beautiful causes. She also happens to be someone I love dearly, a close personal friend, Sarah Quinn Taylor, everyone. How are you, Sarah? Hey, I'm good. That was a great intro. I have nothing to add. Oh, good. Perfect. Oh, wait. (laughs) And by the way, I'm going to call you Sammy through this whole... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You must. It it wouldn't feel right. Right. I don't want anybody to get confused. Her name is Sarah. Um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I call her Sammy, and maybe there's a story there later. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But for now, you there's just have to... There's definitely a story there later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but for now, you, you know, we're connoisseurs of context on this podcast, and um, we want to get to know you a little bit. So first of all, where are you from? Where'd you go to school? Tell me a little bit about yourself, but don't talk about how you know me yet, because that's the next part. Okay. So okay. just tell me a little bit about yourself, Sarah. Excuse okay. me, Sammy. Sammy. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, okay, I grew up in Wichita, Kansas. Woot. Um, got my start in at Music Theater Wichita mm-hmm. in Wichita, Kansas. Some cool regional summer theater there. Yes. Um, and really didn't even know you could be an actor for a living until I kind of started working there um, around the eighth grade. And then I was like, wait, people do this for a job? For That's money? Awesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, I mean, previous to that, like, I, my mom was a music teacher. So, like, I grew up playing piano and singing and right. stuff. And, but mostly did sports and then, um, saw my friends in a musical and was like, wait, this is cool. Did it through high school and then worked. I joined the professional company at Music Theater Wichita as like an intern. Right. And then I was like, oh, maybe I'm, okay at this maybe I could like audition for college so I started auditioning and still my senior year of high school was floating between musical theater and architecture Mm. and then when I yeah I don't know if you knew that yeah Yeah. so um then someone finally managed to convince me that I could not double major in architecture (laughs) and musical theater yeah those are two Uh, insanely (laughs) hard difficult yeah yeah so uh after someone convinced me of that I ended up at the University of Oklahoma in Norman Oklahoma as a musical theater boomer sooner (laughs) um I have a lot of feelings about my school um yeah yeah, so I have a BFA in musical theater and a minor in nonprofit organizational studies, which oh, is basically shit. just a fancy way to say a business degree focused <laughs> in nonprofit. <laughs> yeah, but that's um, great. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Super. We love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so all through school, I went back, you know, I worked some summers at Music Theater Wichita, mm-hmm. worked at Lyric Theater, Theater in Oklahoma, and then left school and got my actor's equity card at the Muni in St. Ooh. Louis Yep. Uh, the summer after I graduated, joined the union. And then honestly, I have been super fortunate to work pretty consistently. I mean, like for an actor, you know, right. <laughs> like for like, right. the unpredictability. Um, I've been pretty fortunate. I worked in St. Louis and then the fall after I graduated, went back to the rep and did a production of Follies with this like incredible cast. Ooh, amazing. Christiane Knoll, Emily Skinner, Adam Heller, just like, Ooh, ugh. I got so, chills. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just I like stand Follies. in the wings and yes. like masterclass every night and stuff. <laughs> and then kind of bopped around. And then my first, big thing i don't know it i was on the first national tour of the something rotten um, right 
I said the something rotten. The, the something, something rotten, rotten musical. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely um, I incredible. Went in, <laughs> I went in on that tour um, as a replacement. Right. For the last like nine months. I remember when that, that happened too. That was such a big deal. You were just like, oh, and by the way, I'm now entering the something rotten uh, tour. <laughs> The something rotten, right? Um, the something rotten tour. Right. It's and I was every, like, every, uh, "That's insane!" That. Yeah, that's like it, it's it's every um, light pole in Hollywood had a poster, <laughs> and I was just like, "Holy crap!" I know. Yeah, it was actually crazy. Like, especially in LA. Yeah, I feel like like I showed up. I was like, "What?" Yeah, Pantages is, is a big mean, deal here. Yeah, people yeah. take it really seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was. I mean, it was crazy. Like a year and a half out of school to like do that it was the best experience of my life right. best humans ever um and then I hopped off that and uh did some more regional stuff I uh, got to play my first professional role as Peggy Sawyer in 42nd Street Incredible. at the Fulton at the right. Fulton Theater in Lancaster mm -hmm. oh my god I am in love with that theater and everyone there um and Shout that out. came at like a really pivotal time in my life personally and just professionally and um i we can get into this more later i guess but after the <laughs> something rotten tour i literally was like had a midlife crisis at 24 yeah <laughs> sure which apparently means i'm only living till 50 quarter life um, crisis quarter life crisis you'll make it to 100 crisis. <laughs> and yeah like almost left the business and then the experience at the fulton just like really was a huge 180 for me. Yeah. Um, and then right after that in, uh, I guess it's been a little over, oh my God, it's been like a year and a half now. What is time? This wow. year is so weird. Yeah, wow. Um, I made my Broadway debut as a swing yeah. in My Fair Lady at Lincoln Center. Oh, I could have danced um, all night. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was my first time, it was my first time swinging and um I loved it. And mm -hmm. so then when uh, I joined the show in about March and then they were like, we're closing in July. And I was like, this is amazing. But also I love touring. So I would go out on the road and I would even swing. So y'all don't have to find another swing. I just want to cover Eliza. Mm. And they were like, okay, well you got to do all the material for the director and the team. I was like, okay. So I did it and they were like, great. <laughs> so um, Love that. Fall, I did, I did a short little stint at the Ingeman theater um, on mm, Long Island. Yeah. yeah. Um, right after we closed my, one of my dear friends, Matt Kunkel was directing Sunset Boulevard. Right. Um, and so I went and did Betty for like a hot second. And then like the final week of our performances overlapped with my first week of rehearsals for the tour. And then, yeah, we teched in Syracuse, opened at the Kennedy Center, which was wow, incredible. I we bet. played the oh National. We played the National Theater in DC on something rotten. That's and then we too. were at the we were at the Kennedy Center this time. Which and do you I prefer? Actually, which do you prefer? Oh, as a performer I, on stage. Okay, I guess I have to say the Kennedy Center only because the yeah. backstage space is so much bigger. I mean, oh, the cool, National yeah. is insane because it's like a historical theater but it yeah. is so small but yeah. it's i mean it's incredible but then it's also like you're looking up like you have like a crick in your neck you know because yeah. you're like <laughs> it's so tall you're like right. what? Yeah. um but it was crazy because swinging i actually didn't know if i would like say i actually performed on the kennedy center stage you know like i was like ah. sure. and then our last night in dc uh somebody called out Ooh, so I got, nice. to, I got to go on yeah that's amazing and then you know we went around to a couple other cities and then we were in columbus ohio and we played one show and then they were like company meeting there's this thing called covid uh -huh. um we're canceling the show you can get into your trunks tomorrow you know the trunks that they travel like with all of our personal things right and i'll never forget they said so grab anything that you don't need for like a month and uh, we'll see y'all later. <laughs> yeah, we'll see you in a few weeks. Wow. Nine months later, um, my trunk is just being shipped to me. Right. So, wow. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, we're, we'll get a little deeper into COVID and how that's affected you as an artist a little bit later. I think that's a huge part of this discussion. I also want to talk a little bit about um, being a swing. But before yeah. we do that, Sammy, quick question. <laughs> how do we know each other? In your, in your mind's eye, what is the story of oh. us knowing each other? Oh, my God. Okay. And is so... this able to be told on mic? <laughs> oh, it 1000% is able to be told on. Okay, me. good, cool. No cut. Didn't know no how edit. embarrassing. Yeah, okay, great. Let's go for it. All in. Okay, so I don't know if y'all know this, but we both are from Wichita, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Uh, opposite sides, opposite sides of the city. Right. I was, I lived in the west. You were west side. You lived in the east. It was an east side. Um, and what brought us <laughs> together but a fateful production sponsored by you good old music theater for young people that's right production of aida uh-huh <laughs> that's correct a um let's be straight up a 95 percent <laughs> production of aida okay um and uh, starring let's also shout out starring ezra Minez, who Yes. Um, oh my God. That's right. I'm gonna try Ezra and get Ramirez. exactly. I'm gonna try and get Ezra on um one of these episodes because they are just blowing up right now. Oh my uh, God, you have to. I have to. You Ezra have to. was you in uh, Jagged Little Pill on Broadway for the longest time yeah. and is also playing anybody's in the West Side Story. Uh, Tony Kushner, S- Steven Spielberg. Uh, Spielberg. Reta- yeah. Wow. Yeah. Epic. So wow. Proud of yeah. Ezra. Um, but they were playing Amneris. <laughs> yeah. Which is super Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, oh super God. interesting. I forget um, sometimes like how many people came out of Wichita. It's kind of nuts, actually. So you know, crazy. when you start really yeah. listing them, you're like, oh my gosh. Or or even the people that just started at MT Wichita, right? Like the people Yeah, oh totally. Just came yep. up there and, and you're just like, Wow, that's that's next totally. level. And yeah. uh, our biggest claim to fame right now, y'all, for Wichita, it might just be the new season of RuPaul's Drag Race where you have uh Rose yes. who uh, went to Wichita State and beyond. Um, that's that's like the big, uh, Wichita thing right now everyone's talking about, but if you go down the Broadway line or even like just the people who are in the theater world that are massive, who have direct ties to Wichita or music theater, Wichita, it's kind of insane. It's crazy. And it's also crazy that I have, like, we both happen to be born there. And right. learn right. in that like environment, you know. Yeah, and I like. F- there's not a day that goes by that I like take it for granted. You Absolutely. Know? I'm like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, and the first show we did, and we should also shout out the the director of that Aida was Wayne Bryan, who yeah. I think was a huge mentor for me. Um, I sh- I'm sure for you as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. Just like you know, he's the uh, artistic director of uh, and executive producer. I assume I don't know what his title is. Um, at Music Theater yeah. Wichita, and really proved to me that like this is what i should be doing um yeah yeah always made me feel very seen and i think that's an incredible part of the mtyp sort of story anyway uh, go ahead how do we know each other wow okay okay (laughs) (laughs) wow we just got on a huge that's fine this whole podcast is tangents no okay we love it okay (laughs) so we were in aida Mm -hmm. i repeat we were in Aida. I repeat, <laughs> and danger. I will say that was the first, but not the last time I was in Aida. So it's going right. really I was I was in it two years before that at my high school. So yeah, <laughs> it, it had been done. Anyway. Wow. Okay. So um, I was in the ensemble, and didn't you play? Who were you? Like Aida's I was father? I'm a Nasser. Yeah, I was Aida's dad. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I yeah. just remember you like being in this boat and being like, I know. Yeah, like, they had to drag me off like, on the boat. <laughs> yeah. Good times. Okay. So <laughs> I um <laughs> the I guess the story is I had this shirt that had Sesame Street characters right. all over it. And I was like, 
in the ensemble dancer and I was in this like belly dancing number. And so I'm like standing in the, co- in the wings, like ready to enter in the mm-hmm. rehearsal space. Mm-hmm. And you and our friend Ryan Ayersman are like sitting on this couch. And I was like, what are they doing? Like, wow. and then I'm like self-conscious cause they're like, Oh, I have to go on and dance. I don't want them watching me. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Okay. And then I think you just like came up to me. You're like, Oh, we were just talking about your shirt. I love your shirt. And I was wow. Like, what? <laughs> I was a really cool kid. I was a really cool. Yeah, yeah. And then when was Greece? Because then we Greece did Greece. Either the next year or the year after. Okay, okay. Yeah. So like just through high school, I guess we connected and then since we like now that we have digested it, mm-hmm. it's hilarious and like weird and just the universe is crazy but we both were just like two souls that like connected and just really loved each other on like a like deep deep level that neither one of us could understand and like i i don't know if we're gonna get into this but i grew (laughs) up in a like very um conservative religious household And I guess it was just because you were older or I don't know, but my mom was like, I don't want you hanging around that boy. Yeah, she didn't like me. Oh, my God. And I, like, tell a teenager not to hang out with someone and, like, (laughs) (laughs) they're going to do the opposite. Yeah. Um, So, basically, like, every night after rehearsals or after the shows, I remember you would drive me home. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, a long-ass drive for you. Yeah, like, like really long. Like, especially, you, you know, now I live in L.A. and I'm like, 45 minutes is nothing. But in Wichita, that's an insane amount of time. Yeah, you're like, you're going from one side of the city to the other. Like, yeah. 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 And so, bless your heart, I, you would drive and like, we would just have life chats, snuggles, makeouts, like the whole nine yard and just All like connecting as two humans in like, what now is like a beautiful full circle universal um moment absolutely you've just always been someone in my life who's been like this constant energy and like encouragement and like mentor in a sense like a like a guiding light in my career you know like i remember when i was in college like you sent me this list of like plays to read you know like yeah. Stuff like I just like there's so many moments. I would just call that like... me being a nerd, but sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 And then we sort of like lost touch. Yeah. Um I I got married um very young at twenty mm-hmm. um to someone much older than me and mm-hmm. uh now have been divorced for like a year and a half, which is wow. Yeah. Oh, so crazy to think. Well, I guess separated for a year and a half, divorced since like sure earlier this year, but officially. Um, yeah, pieces of paper and stuff. But, but yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I actually, I have to give myself a shout out. I pulled a total L Woods and wrote <laughs> the divorce papers myself. So yes. I'm a badass. Thank you. What a um, <laughs> so but cool. in in that relationship. Um, he really did not like you. And no. I think now it was like, like, cause he also worked at Newton Theater, Wichita. So like, right. He knew you a little bit, whatever. And there well, was there's that like, side of the story too, where we sort of, the way we ended up kind of reconnecting after college in a small way was we ended up both getting cast in Billy Elliot. Right. At right. Music at Theater, Wichita. Theater, Wichita. And we were like, Oh my God. Suffice it to say, because of this like just molecular connection that you and I have always had yeah he was very threatened by that Mm. and um I being a year and a half out of that relationship and really just like digesting it um there's a lot of abuse there was a lot of manipulation there was a lot of immaturity on both of our parts sure but the weirdest thing was like reconnecting with you and all of that, because it was sort of like, he was so threatened by you that he was like, you're not going to talk to him. Right. And I was like, okay, <laughs> which whatever. And I mean, that is for a whole other podcast, but sure, sure. yeah, but like digesting <laughs> it, I um like, the re-entry of you into my life and like at the time that it was and everything was like 
so crazy because I guess well this is like kind of cool I'll say that the reason the impetus for the divorce was me but apart from just the abuse was that I came out I'm gay and I'm dating a girl now and she's yeah. the fucking best uh yeah I love her so and much and are the cutest and... fucking couple on the planet <laughs> and the social medias are aflame and um, it's the best that's why that's literally why I'm in Dayton Ohio right now yeah we're at her parents yeah so I think you like reached out to me on Instagram mm-hmm. and you were like hey for what it's worth like and I like you know I'll like drop some things on social media but not in like a black and white way you know right right and I think you picked up on it like pretty early and so you messaged me you're like hey like for what it's worth and so then I was kind of just like oh haha yeah like I'm divorced I'm gay (laughs) (laughs) like and you were like whoa and then it you said like we should catch up or something right and I was like this is gonna be so weird but I think I still remember your phone number do you remember me saying that yeah yeah and i because this is messed up okay this is weird but okay your number is yeah i'm gonna beat that out but yes yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) i don't want randos calling me texting me (laughs) sending dick pics all right your (laughs) number well maybe um (laughs) i'll take them but your I remember that so like it's ingrained in my brain because when my mom didn't want us hanging out I had like memorized your number so it wasn't saved in my phone I would just like secretly text you exactly Sammy which is why your name is Sammy in my phone because your mother contacted my mother and said he I don't want him around my kid he's a bad influence whatever and um my mom was like okay don't text her anymore like whatever but my parents would like check my phone at night when i was sleeping and stuff and i knew they did and this was my old like singular wireless uh sony ericsson or whatever that i couldn't lock you know they could just find it and pick it up and so i had to change your name so that they wouldn't know who i was talking to and so i changed it to sammy forever sammy that for for forever. forever which is yeah i will forever be sammy but like you're like a whole different person i'm a whole different person and we're still able to like be something for each other it's a really beautiful thing i'm really fucking proud of it yeah yeah me too (laughs) yeah oh my god yeah well you know i'm sure we've lost 500 listeners just in the (laughs) this this last (laughs) 10 minutes of discussion but i want to get back to theater a little bit and i'm sure we'll end up talking a little bit more about our context through all these discussions but the first question i wanted to throw at you was what was the first show you ever did because you said you saw some friends in a musical and then you decided to do it what was the first one you ever did you might have said this earlier and i can't remember i don't think i said it the first musical i ever did was oklahoma really yeah yeah were you ensemble and I was ensemble. I was a can-can dancer in the Dream Ballet. <laughs> was um, it at um, Maze or was it at... No, Maze? it was at Music Theater for Young People. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I did... I don't even know if... I honestly don't think I did any musicals at Maze High School where I went to high right. school because right. it was weird with my schedule and my dance classes and stuff. Um, so it never really like worked out to do right. shows there. But I did it at Music Theater for Young People and then... Actually, my first, the summer after that, I was mm-hmm. a teen right. in My Fair Lady at Music Theater Wichita. Oh, wow. Isn't that crazy? Okay, yeah. I saw yeah. that production. Weird. Hmm. Yeah. Like full circle, my first, I guess the first time I was ever on a professional right. stage. Right. And then my Broadway debut was My Fair Lady. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. So, but Oklahoma was my first uh, my first show we did an episode where we watched old movie musicals and um one of uh, scott one of our co-hosts chose to watch the old oklahoma and i gotta tell you um besides the uh choreography which is something to behold for sure yeah um yeah. we all kind of decided that show needs to die like there's really no i mean yeah i like the interesting takes people are doing with it um especially in terms of like gender sexuality race things like that but we were just right. like from the opening song when he's like, 
oh, what a beautiful America. That is my birthright because I'm white. And you're like, okay, stop. You know, it's it's hard to watch. Yeah. I honestly, I didn't even see the most recent revival. Like, yeah. about, you know, with the, people I didn't loved it. see it. And I, people loved it. And I forget what I was doing. I was like out of the city. Yeah. So the times I was in the city, it was like not on the top of my list to see, right. honestly. But yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things that like, if you rewrite it, then it becomes something else. So it's like, you know, like if you try right. to make it, I don't know. Yeah, totally. Like time to go. <laughs> so you, your first professional contract was My Fair Lady at MT Wichita, technically, right? Well, I guess. Yeah, I was a teen. I right. guess my so first like legit. professional show as an yeah. intern mm -hmm. was Annie. Oh, okay. I think I was an intern for Annie and then curtains was right after that. And right. they lost one of their ensemble. I wasn't slated to do curtains and right. they lost an ensemble member. And right. so Wayne came up to me and was like, Hey, do you want to join the company for this show too? Right. I, like, I remember that. Sure. And yeah. Peggy Hickey, like the amazing choreographer, but so intimidating was yeah. like, <laughs> She didn't know that I was a sophomore in high school. And right. so she was like just as hard on me, which like I'm so thankful for. And I'm so glad that she didn't know. Yeah. The last thing I would want is for someone to like baby me. Right. But oh yeah, she like yelled at me one day in tech because I was not pointing <laughs> my foot Ooh. in the can can boot. And oh my gotta god. Point I, the like, foot. Cried. I cried. I cried. Yeah, you gotta get yelled at at least once per show. Oh god. Oh by god, the choreographer. I cried, I cried. Yeah, or it's yeah. not a real oh, musical god. theater show. When did you do Sunset Boulevard and where? Was that at Ingeman? Yeah, it was at the Ingeman um on Long Island. It was October right before my fair lady. Like so it was like October right. of last year. Or September, October, September, October. Right, yeah. that sounds right. Because I remember when you were doing mm -hmm. that, that was a really big deal for you because you were all of a sudden dealing with more lines than you had dealt with. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And we kind of ended I, up talking through it a little bit. Oh, tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, it's something that terrifies me. <laughs> okay. um, it's something that I'll say that before, like, technically, my first professional role was at the Fulton, and I was Peggy Sawyer on 42nd Street. Right. But that is still, like, in my wheelhouse. You know what I mean? It's still sure. very much, like, triple threat dancing still you know like in my comfort right. zone it was right. it stretched me so much in terms of like no you can lead a show like because yeah. I was like I'm fine in the ensemble I love to swing like <laughs> yeah and um and then I think honestly the thing about sunset for me and just in terms of like acting like being on a stage mm -hmm. and not being able to like I don't want to say hide behind your dancing but like you know, like you're on the stage with one other person. Yeah. Like everyone is <laughs> eyes on you. And yeah. Sunset's a little bit of a different beast because it's technically sung. Sure. You know, like there's very, but the thing that still terrifies me is like, I, if I'm on stage with someone who I am like really connecting with, mm -hmm. I find it fine, you right. know, like, of course. Yep. but I, this particular production, like the other the the male lead we just like i was having such a hard time yeah connecting with it like you know it's like almost like he would look past me or like i don't know and so then i remember texting you being like okay all the tools that i have in my very limited acting toolkit mm -hmm. are like not working <laughs> okay. you know and and i would like my dear friend matt kunkel who was the director of it he's an amazing young he's like my age he's like a young oh, wow. up-and-coming director in the city cool. he's great and i just i remember like because his um fiance emma is one of my best friends and yeah. so i would always hang out at their apartment and i would like i would constantly just like apologize to him during <laughs> rehearsals because right. it's like i'm so sorry like i know i can feel energetically that the love scene or this scene, you know like i was like i can feel like it's not there but I like can't get it there, you know, and right. and we got to like a good place finally. But so I guess that's my like fear of acting is that you won't I... have a trustworthy partner. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and yeah, I, I think like, that's a huge part of it. Oh, God. Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely something that I like 
and then now I mean I've been off tour for nine months but like learning the beast that is Eliza Doolittle um that's been amazing and I actually um started by just learning the dialect right I was gonna say can you give us a can you give us a cockney line real quick oh god um (laughs) what does she say Oh well, I okay. Wait, this is not de- this is not Cockney. But when she's fighting in the study with Henry Higgins, she yeah. has this line, and she's like, "You don't care. I know you don't care. You wouldn't care if I was dead. I'm nothing to you, not so much as them slippers." And then he's like, "Those slippers," you know, corrects her grammar. She's like, "Those slippers." And so this is stupid, but it's the first line that comes to mind because. Anytime Alex, that's my girlfriend, mm-hmm. anytime she's like reading or doing something and just wants to be left alone yeah. because she's an extreme introvert. Right. And I'm like, yeah, hey, baby, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> and she'll like, she's like, I'm fine. Like, please go away. I always say, like, you don't care. <laughs> I know you don't I care. Know and, you so don't. I say, and the first time I said that line to her, she knew Higgins' line back. She oh, goes, shit. those slippers. And I, like, freaked out. I was like, babe, <laughs> you're off book. And she's like, what does that mean? <laughs> you're off book. What does that mean? <laughs> so that's, that's like, I mean, so I, like, <laughs> learned the dialect because I also find being a singer and dancer, like, first, yeah. my biggest fear with Eliza was that I would get caught in, like, the tonal rhythm of Mm, her speech like because with the dialect it would be very easy for me to say things the same way you know like get into a rhythm of it and one of the things that i noticed um i joined the show when laura benanti had taken over right and then um one of my dear friends kirsten anderson was like the standby one night a week eliza Mm -hmm. and the thing that i learned by watching them was like their ability to be so in the moment um to react in a way that was like period like stylistically correct you know and so i was like oh oh oh, oh. i know for myself that i need to learn the dialect first so then Mm -hmm. i know that i could say anything that i wanted to say when like in that impulse with the dialect right you know and then and then learn the lines so i was fortunate that i knew before like while we were on broadway that i you know in three four months was going into that process right so i was fortunate to have that time to you know and i was a swing so when i wasn't on i was like hanging out in the wings watching you know so I I feel like I'm slowly um, be, being more comfortable with it, you know, and just like finding the tools and, but it's definitely something that I feel, I mean, you should always be taking class and taking lessons and stuff. Um, right. But it's definitely something like when I get back to the city and like, and in place, I'm like, okay, now I need to like, take classes like right. get serious you know because yeah. like i can't run away from it i mean i could run away from it my <laughs> agents won't let me but like you could you know. but agents but, yeah, yeah. I, could, I could but they're like sarah <laughs> this is your trajectory i'm like but wait right so, well um, and you are a phenomenal talent i've seen you perform i've performed <laughs> with you, you and and you have you have the drive the passion the look and the talent and it's it's just a matter of time you're absolutely incredible um <laughs> And, you know, recently I know, uh, especially in the past three, four years, whatever, it's been a really rough time uh, for our nation, obviously, um, and also yeah. for um, yeah. for actors, people in theater. Uh, but this past year, obviously, has been <laughs> yeah. just uh, absolutely insane time. I want to talk a little bit of, about it and then get rid of it because we don't need to give it too much uh, voice space. <laughs> but tell me about covid how how has covid affected you as a human as an artist what were you working on pre-covid how has covid positively impacted Mm -hmm. you if at all is it has it been a positive thing a negative thing yeah it's actually not too negative i we were i think i mentioned we were in columbus ohio on tour played one Mm -hmm. night and Mm -hmm. then they were like you're done 
And so that was like March, I want to say like March 12th, March 15th, something like that, middle of March. Um, And at first I was like, oh crap. Like, but honestly, at the start of tour, um, with my divorce and everything, I like, I'm someone who loves to keep busy and like always go from one thing to the next. And Mm -hmm. so like, I think a lot of people have felt this, like being hit with like, okay, you got to stay at home. You have to Mm -hmm. sit with yourself. You have to, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was, it was, I mean, it really knocked me off of my feet for a second, having that time to like sit with myself. I mean, I'm always in therapy because I've been in therapy since I was like little and I'm a a huge proponent of therapy. This is a pro therapy podcast. All three hosts. Okay. uh, Okay. Therapy. And yeah, I I feel like everyone should have therapy always forever. That's Um, what I always (laughs) say. Yeah. Everyone should be uh, at least once a week. Um, (laughs) Like the first month was rough. Mm-hmm. And I'll say too, like creatively, I don't think that I'm still like fully where I was, you know, right. it's still like I'm my, I have an amazing voice teacher, Gwen Walker, who like forces me to show up, you yeah. know, but there are definitely those days where I'm like, okay, I'm practicing voice because I know that I need to not because I like want to sing a song right now, you know? Right. So I think creatively it comes in waves, but honestly, I, the I like, done so much healing um Mm -hmm. on like a personal level and also in terms of I know a huge part of this year for me has been like the resurgence of Black Lives Matter and obviously with like the election Mm -hmm. and so in that aspect um I've had a lot of like personal epiphanies I guess of just sort of like at the beginning I was like okay how am I gonna make money and of course (laughs) I could like teach you know everybody's like right. oh we do a broadway master class right. and i finally was like sitting with alex one day and i was like i don't like to teach <laughs> i don't like but it's like something that you're expected to do you know right. especially as a right. dancer especially ah, as a dancer absolutely it's like oh if you're a dancer what are you gonna do oh you're gonna teach you're gonna go teach something rotten tap break right. to eight-year-olds and you that's know? kind of the understanding in the industry right is like well once you're not yes. doing it anymore you're teaching it and it's like mm. yeah Oh my God. I just like, I had this epiphany where I was like, I really don't like to teach. Right. Like it's great money. Sure. But like, I would rather be anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. And there are people that like love to teach and mm-hmm. are great at teaching. Sure. And I, I think that I'm, I think I'm a good teacher. I think sometimes I'm a little too like matter of fact, you mm-hmm. know, cause if a kid is like, people are paying you to tell you that their kid is great. And I am like, maybe do something else. <laughs> so I'm like, I think I'm like too much of a realist. Um, yeah, I think I'm the I same just, way. It's a problem. I just don't like, I just don't like it. And yeah. so I was like, okay, what do I do with that? And so, you know, this year has afforded me to like, I ran and got elected to be um, a delegate representative for Actors Equity Association, our Ooh, union. And amazing. Yeah. And I like, you know, I've been going to protests and like, I, I've always loved politics and I've always yeah. been um, I love being the person in my friend group who they, they can text and be like, OK, what's going on with that bill in the Senate or like yeah. what's going on with equities healthcare right now? You know, right. like helping people navigate like the heavy wording, like in the weeds yeah. stuff. You right. know, I'm like super passionate about that. And I was like, you know what? There are people that love to teach. I'm not one of those people. Right. But I love to like sit down and read contracts Mm -hmm. and then relay that information to people in ways that they can understand. And there are a lot of artists who would rather stick pins in their eyes than do that. You know? (laughs) So I'm like, that's absolutely true. Yeah. This is like, this is what I have to like offer. This is something that gets me excited. This is something that I like to sit down and do. So kind of through that, I um, am actually starting in the spring. I'm going to start taking classes to work toward a paralegal certification Um, because I feel like in probably five to 10 years, I want to go to law school. Mm -hmm. I mean, ideally, I'm going to be like in Wicked or some like long running Broadway show that I can like take classes during the day and like be on Broadway at night and like still do both. Um, I'm putting that out into the universe, but (laughs) like, I, I just have a huge passion for like helping 
artists and particularly people who have been so like marginalized in our community um Mm -hmm. like to help them have a voice and like and i think that so often people are deterred because they get scared or they get met with people who are like "Mm, well this is the way that it's always been so and i'm like no 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 no. they're like Billionaires in this country get away with paying zero dollars in taxes through loopholes. You cannot tell me that in an industry full of creative people, we cannot find loopholes in the law to hold people accountable for sexual harassment or discriminating in the workplace. Like so many avenues that I feel like people get scared and kind of cower because they can't step into their power because people are preventing them from doing that. Absolutely. So I've just spent a lot of time like breaking down um, my own racism and my own white supremacy, um, but also like looking at it in the business and being like, okay, y'all, we have a year plus to sit Mm -hmm. down and like hash all of this out. Like, let's do the work. Yeah. And let's let's come back better. Right. Right. And so. It's really our duty as artists. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So Mm -hmm. I just like, I had this huge shift like two months in where I was like, okay, even if I like I could perform forever Mm -hmm. or like I could kind of like shift into this, but like regardless, this is a need and this is something that like excites me. Yeah. Um, And I feel like I can kind of like be an ally and an advocate. Yeah, so I don't know. And like creatively, I I, I've gone in and out, like I said, and um, but, you know, not for nothing. Like when I talk about like breaking down my own white supremacy and racism, like I had this moment with my voice teacher where I had realized that we all hear it. Like you're in an audition room and someone's like, oh, there's the diversity hire or like bullshit stuff like that. And I was like, how many times have I gone in for a callback and not gotten something? Mm-hmm. And the person that got it is a person of color or whatever. And in my head, even if I don't say it out loud, I justify to myself, oh, well, I didn't get it because they wanted a diversity hire. Right. And I'm like, no, bitch, you probably didn't get it because you didn't spend as much time on the callback material. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's like, yeah. I, I, so I have had to check myself and be mm-hmm. like, wait, 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 wait. Yeah. How far have I gotten at my young age in this industry because mm-hmm. I'm white. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And ha- and have to sit with that and be like, oh, wait. There are all of these people, trans, BIPOC individual, like yeah. so many people that have had to bust their asses mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like to get to where they are, 100%. which really makes me like, you have to interview Ezra because that's like a prime example. Like Absolutely. people that are like, busting their asses and Mm -hmm. i'm like oh okay so if what i'm looking down if i'm breaking down this theatrical structure of white supremacy and i'm really asking people to do the work then that means that i also have to do the work and bring my aaa game yeah because now i'm gonna have to work just as hard as all of those marginalized people have been working their entire lives. And let's be sure, you know, like, isn't that a blessing yeah. more than anything? Like, oh yeah, we should yeah. all be wanting to be at the top of our game so that we know at the end of the day that if you get the yes. role, that it was because of what you've done and not yep. something that yep. has to do with a, your uh, the melanin in your, in your skin or the, how you were yep. born um, yep. you know, physically or whatever it may be. Yep. And it's- I mean, it's, yeah. it's only going to- make our industry that much better like i know for a fact i think so too yeah i mean like that's why i said like when you brought up i'm like it's actually all been pretty positive for me i mean yeah there's like days and weeks where i just feel like crappy but like on the whole it's been like this amazing sort of like personal renaissance yeah that's, like, that's great kind of i was like gonna call it like a baptism say, I guess. no no that's um, that's yeah. a great way to put it yeah but yeah it's like this kind of like realigning with like mm-hmm. oh, okay this is actually what i'm passionate about this is how this intersects with this you know 100%. it's like this cool um yeah so i don't know it's been it's been cool and i've just been thankful for the time to 
kind of like slow down and sit with all of that. Um, Because I honestly don't think that we would be addressing these things in the industry and in our country if everybody wasn't sitting at home. I think you're absolutely right. I think it's a big moment for us all to sort of check in with our collective trauma, collective trauma that we all need to sort of, and I think this has been a big uh, eye opener for a lot of people, but this is a good segue into um, one last bigger question. Then I'll ask you some cute little fun questions to end us out. So we don't end on a a negative situation, (laughs) but I, I wanted to ask what, what are your feelings? I have been very open about my feelings about Broadway and um, money and um, Mm -hmm. artistry on this podcast. And I I would never say that I don't think any theater is not worth doing. I think it's all beautiful and incredible. But I wanted to ask you, as someone who's been on Broadway, who um, has many friends and and dear loved ones who make their career from Broadway, Mm -hmm. um, what are your thoughts on it? That's a big, broad question, I know, but I I Mm want to open it up Mm -hmm. to you. So this is interesting. I see it a couple ways because, okay, I made my Broadway debut, right? Mm-hmm. And I stepped into a show that had been running almost a year, a little over mm-hmm. a year mm-hmm. when I joined. And honestly, one of the best things that happened was myself and a few other replacements that came in late. It was all of our Broadway debuts. So we brought in this like fresh energy, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think one of the things that shocked me a little bit was how like cynical so many people were and like it's just like any other job you know and I think in my head when I decided to pursue this as a career like you think in your head like oh I want to be on Broadway like that's the oh that's the pinnacle right and then I got there and I was like I mean I was like oh my god I'm on Broadway this is amazing but then very quickly just based on the people around me I was like oh this is a job just mm-hmm. like any other job, right? You know, like, and, and that I'm using a lot of generalizations. This was not, sure, 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 you know, like, right. The of course. experience on the whole was very lovely, but I will say that, like, it was this weird moment for me where I was like, oh, 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 like, yeah. and, and also having just come from working at the Fulton and Lancaster and like right. this great small town theater where like yeah. I felt like. I was valued as like an artist and like, you know, and then, and then I step into a show, which granted is like set. And my job is to know all of the parts in the show, you know? So it's very like, you go here, you go here. Great. And that's honestly like how my brain kind of works. So Mm -hmm. that's why I like swing. Like I like that about Mm -hmm. it. Do you prefer regional theater, Broadway or touring most? Touring, touring. Only because, well, okay, I would say it's a tie between regional and touring mm-hmm. because with touring, you get to see so much. Sure, of course. Of the yeah. Like, I love touring for the travel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, when do you ever have a chance to see so many cool places? And mm-hmm. I love to like drive city to city and like stop at national parks and, you know, but then it's interesting because then in my head, I'm like, well, but Broadway, like, think of the money. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like sure. if you want to. 401k and a healthcare and mm-hmm. you know so and that's honestly why I got so involved recently in the union too is because it's like it's this weird intersection of like as actors I think we're always made to feel like we're replaceable or that there's sure. always someone chomping at the bit so yeah. like be grateful for what you have don't stand up for yourself keep quiet or there's someone behind you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I don't align with that on like a very human rights level. Yeah. <laughs> like I, yeah, right. I always vol- I always volunteer to be like the union deputy for the shows. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't have a problem going to management with things and being like, this isn't okay. Yeah. Like this. Is- Sometimes it's okay to Karen in the name of human rights. <laughs> You oh, know? But only sometimes. Only, only sometimes. sometimes. Oh, very rare. Let's be straight up. Um, and it should only be <laughs> in a theater situation. And, yeah. <laughs> but I, all of that to say, I guess I'm excited yeah. for this like sort of new mm-hmm. place that we're stepping into because I feel like so many people have like been jolted awake by this, whether yeah. willingly yeah. or unwillingly. Agreed. But it's like we cannot go back to how it was. Mm-hmm. 
I think you're right. I think this is the renaissance. I think this is the new time where we're going to come out and see a lot of really incredible new artists that I don't think would have gotten a voice without. A yeah, lot of totally. And, and I think too, it's like, I think collectively as an industry, yeah. I hope that we're not going to, we're not going to stand for anything less than that. Agreed. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like 100%. We're we we have to keep holding these people accountable. It can't know? just be the same cycle, like you know, where uh, a civil rights movement happens and then we act like it's yep. all fixed, and then uh, yep. four years later we have to deal with it again. You know, sixty. Yeah, exactly. Years yeah. 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 Um. Okay. Let me let's get out of out of COVID land. Let's get out of Broadway land. Let me <laughs> ask you a couple all of the world's problems. Exactly. We'll do that on the next podcast, but. Until then, I want to ask you a couple of quick, just fun ones. Um, okay. If you don't know, if you don't want to make the other ones jealous, if you don't want to kill any darlings, I totally understand. But I want to start <laughs> off by asking you, this is not okay. what you've worked on. This is your favorite of all time musical. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. But can it be something that I've worked on? Absolutely. Absolutely. But okay. I'm, the next question is, what is the most favorite thing you've ever worked on? Oh God. Okay. Okay. Well then they can be the same. Okay, fine. My favorite (laughs) of all time musical is something rotten. Yes. Love that. And it was, and it was my favorite before I even was in it. I saw it on Broadway. I saw it on Broadway and I laughed, like literally peed my pants and at intermission, I threw down my playbill on the floor as the lights came up. And I said, I have to be in this show. Yeah. (laughs) And then, it's like, so you know, a, a year later, I was. But Who like, was in it when you saw it? Was it Brian? Who was it? Um, it wasn't Brian Darcy James. I think I honestly think an understudy was on. Oh, okay, cool. Um, but then you toured Oh, it's with... terrible that I don't. Yeah. I toured with Rob McClure and Josh Grissetti and Adam Pascal. Yes. And then and... the women were Maggie Lakis and Autumn Pelfort. There you go. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely incredible. Yeah. Cast. You know my yeah. Adam Pascal story, right? I've told it on the podcast, so I won't retell it, but basically he saw me in uh, Rocky Horror as Brad, and he came up to me afterwards and said, you got great legs. <laughs> oh, like, my God. You. That is... <laughs> and then we <laughs> talked for like an hour and drank wine. He and his wife are the fucking coolest people on the that... planet. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. You've told me that, but that yeah. does not surprise me yeah. in the slightest. Favorite movie musical what is your favorite musical that is a movie and it can be something that was already a musical made into a movie it can be made as a musical you know whatever okay so this is a hard one for me because my main beef with movie musicals in general is the lip singing sure yeah absolutely i like i can't like i never watched glee because i i can't like there's yeah. something about my brain that like I can't. Yeah. And perhaps one of the biggest jokes in the universe is that there is nothing my girlfriend loves more than a movie musical. <laughs> um and so she'll like put them on in the background as she's yeah. working and uh-huh. I'm like is there nothing else we can watch? <laughs> like can we not watch like a Netflix documentary about a cult? Right. Like, could we not watch something where we're like well, learning something? I think that's interesting because I'm the same way and it's it's that sort of thing where I'm like I'm like, that's my career. That's my passion. That's my everything. Yes, that's not that's my shut off. I am. Yeah. Yes. I don't yes. want to shut off I, watching something I'm going to have to do at work. And I understand, you know, like I have so many family and friends that text me and they're like, like recently they're like, we just watched the prom on Netflix. Oh, yeah. oh we loved it. what you think? Mm-hmm. And I immediately, like, I think I just get so like overly critical and analytical when I watch them like apart from just like the bad lip syncing right that being said that being said Mm -hmm. I appreciate everything that they do in terms of like making theater more accessible um like my biggest beef especially with like the prom is like okay you're gonna hire people of course it's always casting okay I'm not gonna harp on that I will say (laughs) I think one of the best like something that i will say like okay i this is enjoyable like this is pretty well done like i thought the greatest showman was like pretty well done for like what it is Mm -hmm. but it's not something that i like i don't know if i'm gonna watch something i'm gonna watch like an old 
movie musical. Yeah. You know what I'm with like Gene Kelly or like, or I'm right. going to turn on like Fosse or something, you know, like exactly. I want to see like the people, the old school people like in their element doing yeah, it. Yeah. I'm a I, filmed I, performance yeah. watcher. I like filmed performances more than yes. movie musicals. Yeah. 1000%. So in terms of modern, you would say greatest showman is, is sort of your like, can, if it's you like can... the one that I can tolerate. Yeah. Because I'll tell you my opinion on that one is that I think Pasek and Paul can write songs all goddamn day. Yeah. But I can't stand that movie. I can't do it. It's yeah, not Yeah, I thing. just like, it's... <sighs> also, yeah, when there's a musical I... that already exists about Barnum that's like very good. That's that's also true. I and, makes and now they're him like, like, we're going to turn Greatest yeah. Showman into a stage show. I'm like, no, no. It, what? Um. Okay, this one's a little harder because I know this isn't like a big nerd dumb of yours where it is mine. But what is, if you have one, what is your favorite play? I knew you were gonna ask me this. <laughs> no, I mean I'm gonna be honest. That's like one area where I need to like I need you to be right. like, hey, this is in your area. You should go drag your ass to the theater and see this. Yeah, I can I, do that. I will do that for you. Yeah, you should do that for me. Like, okay. <laughs> I, yeah, that's a hard one. I mean, I'll always have a soft spot for like the old classics and like Arthur Miller and Tennessee Williams and things that like from college yeah. that I like learned how to, because I went into college like knowing nothing sure. about acting. Right. Like, I think I picked my monologue audition, like college audition from like, a monologue book like i right. shit you not like right, i what was it what's a monologue like it was like yeah. a 32 bar cut and a monologue i was like what's a monologue yeah i'll google <laughs> um, it yeah but yeah literally but i think i'll always have a soft spot like for you know like I, my first scene that i ever did in acting 101 was like from all my sons mm -hmm. and like Arthur you know i think that like yeah i think I don't know. There's something so like nostalgic about, I don't know. I would love to see one of the, this is your assignment. Okay. Find me like a play that's happening wherever I am. Mm -hmm. That's like an old play. That's like done really, really well. Okay. I can do because, that. Because I'm also a sucker for like, like there's murmurings of like a Camelot revival on Broadway, right, but like right. sort of revamped and like, like fixed. Yeah. Like I'm a sucker for like a golden age, original, like just well done show. We've done a couple of um, playwrights uh, that we did miniseries on this past season that I think you would love in particular. I'm going to send you a couple plays by this woman named Carol Churchill. And she, okay. her whole thing, and we talk about this a lot on her uh, miniseries, is that her entire irreplaceable creative force as a playwright is that she is trying to fight against the idea of the patriarchal way that we tell stories. And what that means is, is she believes the hero's path is something that, and is something that was put on to us by old white men. Right. And she's like, mm, why yeah. are we telling the same stories? Why are we following the same forms? Why are we telling um, stories about uh, cliche stereotypes of people when we could be breaking these forms really hardcore? And she's still alive today writing now. Um, I'm sure she's going to have things come out out of covid time and stuff, because yeah, anytime yeah. something big in the world happens, she'll put out a play that's just kind of epic like beyond feminism beyond like humanitarianism like they they she understands humanity on like a viscerally um more profound level than i think i ever will so i'm gonna send you that stuff uh but oh my god i can't wait i'm gonna make okay. you a theater nerd uh, i mean a play nerd playwright nerd just like me I okay i i can't wait <laughs> i mean i love to read yeah so yeah okay you're gonna fine. love this book stuff. club book club with bailey Book Club with Bailey. Oh, that's my new podcast. Um, and then the last question uh, before we, we sign off uh, is, do you have a dream role? Is there like a show that or a, a, a part that you're just like that you've not played that you're like, I have to do this. I have to be in this 
I have to play this role. I have to sing this song, whatever it may be. Is there something mm. like that for you? Like a long term journey, I guess. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like anything. And like Eliza is actually kind of in this vein. Okay. Anything like golden age that's revamped to like, even if it's not rewritten, like through the lens of like women being strong and like empowered so like i would love to bring that angle to like marion in the music man wow um like anything like literally anything yeah that would be really (laughs) like carousel needs to die in a fire heap like it cannot be salvaged um in terms of like the content I you don't, yeah, you don't I have agree? a take on that. I have a take on Carousel that I think would make it all work, and I'm okay, not going go, to I'm not gonna go into it yeah, now. Yeah, we got to talk about it yeah. sometime. Yeah. But I have okay. a take on it that I'd love to pitch to you and see what you think on it, because I'm like, what well, if you go this whole other direction with Okay, you? I can't wait to hear that, because, like, it, like that is one role, you know? Like, yeah. Julie, I'm like, ugh. Yeah. Um, I think so... you would slay Nelly in South Pacific. Yes, exactly. Like anything like that. Anything that's like golden age. But in terms of like more contemporary things Mm -hmm. or like things that I um, sort of like would stretch me. Yeah. Recently. And I think maybe it's just because of like identifying with this character uh, would be Jenna in Waitress. Wow. I'd love very recently. Yeah. Very recently. Talk about acting. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be incredible. Yeah. That like that's one that like recently I was like, oh, I it's funny for me to think about dream roles. I we kind of already gotten into this, but just in terms of like it's not necessarily like where I started. Right. Like I didn't get into theater because I wanted to play roles. Yeah. I got into theater because I like to sing and dance. Yeah. So <laughs> um <laughs> yeah, that's like one recently that I um I was listening to the music and I like started crying. Oh. And I was like, whoa. And then I was like, wait, I, why couldn't I, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. Is there anything else, Sammy, that you want to plug? Is there is there any causes that you're uh, supporting right now? Is there anything that you just want to throw out there? We'll put it all in the show notes and on social media as well. But Like, if you know, if you live in Georgia or you know anyone in Georgia, mm-hmm. you must vote in the yes. Senate, Senate runoff election. Yes. Um, that's all I know. <laughs> it's like we have to flip the Senate. Um, yeah. I mean, people can follow me on Instagram, I guess, if they want dog videos and, <laughs> and they can political your, commentary. Yeah, and they can see your incredible girlfriend, Alex, <laughs> and they can and they can um, follow along on the journey out of COVID back to Broadway, maybe. But, yeah, 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 I guess touring. Amazing. Um, is there anything you want to say to the world as sort of your final uh, goodbye? I want to have you on as a guest maybe sometime, maybe when we do a musical episode. Actually, I, w- would you want to be on our Rodgers and Hammerstein episode? <gasps> yeah. Okay. I'll invite you for yeah. that. that. That'll be later. Oh, my God. Uh, would here, you? But... Yeah, oh absolutely. We'll make it happen. Dreams. 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 Yeah. Oh, my God. It feels like, it feels like uh, we're going to hang up and I'm going to, like, die. No. That's what it feels like right now. Like, is oh. there anything... Any final words? What's your final word? What's your final word for your life? No one will ever um, hear you speak again after that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just hope that everyone just takes care of themselves yeah. in these times. Like, I think everyone needs to pour themselves a glass of wine and take some deep breaths. And if your eyes leak tears for no reason, that's okay. Yeah. Like just like breathe deep into your belly and just be thankful for everything that you have in your life and all yeah. the energy and all the relationships and all the things that you've fostered in your life. Really think intentionally about all of those things. Like the energy that you put out is the energy you get back. That's right. And just like being like, just sitting with it. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. I agree. I agree completely. Well, thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Oh God, Quinn this was Taylor. so great. Sarah I Quinn Taylor, this. aka uh, Sammy. Um, <laughs> thank you for so much for joining us. Um, we will be back uh, probably next week with another one of these artist spotlights. I'm going to reach out to Ezra. I'm going to reach out to a couple other people um, and just see if they can uh, give us one of these as well. These are your artist spotlights of. 
people that you should be keeping your eye out for, whether it be on Broadway in film or even, uh, you know, getting law degrees, whatever it may be. Um, <laughs> we're all we're all out here to change the world and to uh, make it a better place. So thank you for joining us on our Art of Spotlight episode. We'll be back soon with another one. Thank you to Ryan Thomas Johnson for our theme song, which you'll hear in a second, and to Amy Baker for writing our script for us today, uh, which that's a bit that you're not going to get, Sarah, but it's uh, the, the, we did a playwright named Annie Baker, and she writes a lot of ums and uhs into her work and ellipses. <laughs> and stuff. So we thank her every week for writing our script because we use I love that. ums and uhs. Um, anyway, follow actually, us on all the Actually, we've socials. been reading from a script this entire time. None right. of this was actually I, in my life. She actually, um, I sent it to her last <laughs> night uh, with some, some changes, and she very... Uh, did a really good job of taking them. Um, so um, follow us on all the things. Uh, social media is at theater underscore theater underscore pod. Uh, and as always, go make the world a better place. I don't know. I say as always, but I never. I always say something different, so I don't know what to say. Um, we love you. Theater is awesome. Uh, magic. And that's it. <laughs> okay, the theater. The theater. Theater.